Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in the studio by Brian O'Connell from New England Soccer News. We joined a little bit later on the show by Lisa Eisenminer. And uh, we also have some several clips from uh, this morning's Revolution practice that we're going to get to, uh, as well as uh, some sound bites from my interview with uh, Michael Parkhurst uh, on Thursday night and about his thoughts on going to the Olympics. Uh, first of all, though, uh, not, not a, quite as exciting a week this week as uh, last week with everything that was going on there, but uh, a, a tie for the Revs on Sunday night after our, after our show last weekend, uh, of course, being enough for the Revs to advance. Uh, in first place in the group and clinch home field advantage throughout the rest of this tournament should they advance. So they'll be playing Atlante um, on Wednesday uh, in the semifinal for this tournament. And should they win that one, the final will be at home as well. So uh, a good result there. All they needed was the draw, and they got the draw. Not not the best performance from the Revs, but um, in that one, Shari Joseph scored the game-tying goal in the 78th minute after uh, Ante Razov scored in the 59th to give Chivas the lead. But uh, as I said, that was all the Revs needed. And then on Thursday... Steve Nichol led the MLS All-Stars to a 3-2 victory over West Ham United. Uh, and what was a pretty impressive performance from MLS, uh, considering how they only had really one practice, and even some of the guys like Dario Rosario and Pat Onstead uh, didn't even get that one practice in. Yeah, especially Dario Rosario. I was very, very surprised that he played as long as he did, and then obviously factoring in the... Uh and the go-ahead goal with a penalty kick late in the game, uh, you know, it's just just a tremendous performance by the uh, by the MLS guys. Um, you know, a lot of people there have been some grumbling about you know whether or not the uh, whether or not this would be another a step up as far as Tesco for the MLS All Stars, given that the last two uh, opponents that they've played, you know, have been pretty formidable European powers such as Chelsea and and Celtic. So, you know, a lot there were a few grumbles that you know they you know they could only get West Ham, but at the same time, I mean, not West Ham, uh, Aston Villa, but at the same time. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was a great game uh, overall. Uh, you know, you had Dean Ashton get those two goals for Aston Villa. They did, they did pretty, they did pretty well, you know, attacking, defending, not so much, but attacking. They, you know, they really came out like they really, really wanted to win that game, whereas in the past it looked like Celtic and Chelsea just kind of treated it as, as it was like an exhibition, I think, uh, to Aston Villa's credit. They really, tr- I think they gave it a lot of importance. Um, you know, and played very, very hard, and they played there. I believe they played most of their first eleven. So, um, overall, a great scene. Obviously, having it up in having it up in uh, at BMO Field in Toronto, having that lively atmosphere. Uh, you know, had a nationally televised game. Obviously, um, I, it was a great showcase for the league, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, it was it was a great performance there, and uh, the the creativity in that midfield, especially in the first <laughs> half. You have Christian Gomez, uh, Blanco, David Beckham, um, Juan Toha, all these guys. I didn't know how that was going to work out. wasn't sure how this team would be able to defend with that much uh, <laughs> offensive power out there. But you know, Shari Joseph did a great job back there, really as kind of the, the lone defensive midfielder um, with uh, Pablo Mastorani playing more as a center back next to Jimmy Conrad. Uh, and then Frankie Hayduke and Jonathan Bornstein didn't seem to do too much defending at first half. <laughs> they, were, they were joining the attack uh, quite frequently there too. So a uh, very attacking lineup, but it made for some great 
great soccer there. The first 25 minutes, not too much happening, but uh, after Gene Ashton scored that goal, uh, things things really took off there. Christian Gomez got a, a great goal there. Um, pretty similar, actually, to Dean Ashton's goal and where it took place, but uh, the setup play by Blanco the oh, yeah, was, was very impressive uh, there. Um, and then Blanco scored a very impressive goal himself and well-deserved MVP honors. A bit surprised maybe to see him so that at halftime with the performance he was having, but uh, he, he put an excellent show there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you mentioned Blanco winning uh, game MVP. You know, a tip of the hat also has to go to Dean Ashton with those two goals. Um, you know, Beckham had a great game. You know, Blanco had a great game. Uh, Gomez, you know, got, found himself on that. I think it was Beckham to Blanco to, to Gomez on that play. So, I mean, it was a really just, it was a great uh, sequence in which, you know, MLS just, it looked like ev- like everything was fouling. Uh, they were fi- fi- fouling on all cylinders, on firing on all cylinders, easy for me to say. Um, so, I mean, if you look at it that way, I think it, it was a great way to show, you know, how these guys, even with just one practice, like you had said, the cohesiveness of, you know, despite that one practice, they played like they were a team that had played all season. So, uh, you know, give it, you have to give credit to Steve Nichol for, you know, bringing in the right guys, put it, choosing the right guys for the starting 11, and just, you know, having having the, uh, you know, I guess the wherewithal to, to put those guys and put them in favorable situations to where, you know, they can go out and attack, and, you know, they did just that. I, I think I think it was one of those games where, you know, it, it, the MLS was not at all hesitant to, you know, go ahead with that stri- uh, quick strike and, you know, just put the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that goal by uh, Quadrimac Blanco, just... Just, I think he beat his defender. He just faked him right out, and then he just took that one shot, and it goes in the upper 90. I mean, great, great shot. I mean, if you look, you know, at shots like that, like you know, you just have to like marvel and say, wow, that you know, that's truly a great player. Yeah, and, and even Kenny Cooper impressed there in the first yeah. half. With uh, almost had an incredible goal there with with the uh, defender holding onto his back, got the ball, you know, juggled it up in the air, and then you know, with a side volley, uh, just a little bit wider than net. But what a goal that could have been there. Uh, he's certainly showing his skill. Um, and then even uh, Dwayne De Rosario with the game winner uh, in the 69th minute uh, on a penalty kick. But for a penalty kick, that was a pretty impressive, impressive strike there with, <laughs> with the uh, complete power and, and uh, pretty good accuracy there, too. Maybe a little bit too close to the crossbar yeah. than he would have liked, but uh, incredible he was able to put that much power and still get it in. You know, in that placement. I don't think any goalkeeper in the world saves that penalty. No, no, not at all. I mean, that, that's one of those impossible shots. You, all you can do is kind of, you know, look at it and admire it because there's no way, you know, there's no way a, a keeper can get to that bounce, clinks right, right off the bottom of the post, goes right in, and you know, just something like that. You're right, you're exactly right, Sean. It's just, you know, it, it was a powerful shot, especially from a guy who had just played less than 24 hours later. You know, um, you know, with the Houston DC game at DC. So, um, and another thing I just wanted to bring up as far as the whole presentation of the, uh, of the uh, All Star game goes. Uh, you know, there were some rumors about, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Cooper may, maybe being transferred to a European team, a Norwegian team, I think it was. Um, I think Edson Buttle was also discussed for a quote-unquote seven-figure seven uh, transfer transfer fee. And, uh, you know, it's just... Watoha as well. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, I think you know, MLS did a great job, not just with the game, but also presenting some news and presenting some, you know, very interesting figures, some very interesting facts that, uh, you know, their players are not, you know, just, you know, your typical American players who can only play stateside. Um, they can go abroad. They can, you know, do well abroad. And I know Kenny Cooper came from, you know, the uh, Manchester United development system. So, you know, it wouldn't be anything new for him to go go and uh, go play in Europe. But um, but it's just very encouraging news. And I think I think there were also some uh, post game quotes from some of the Aston Villa players that where they had said that um, you know, that where they had said that uh, you know, that they had played a quality team. And I I forget which player it was, but um, but that they were saying that you know sooner or later these guys are going to be uh, you know MLS can be one of the super 
super leagues in the world as far as, you know, among the Premiership and, you know, La Liga and what, what have you. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's very encouraging news. I think every time we have an All-Star game in the, in the past few years, we see, the develop, we see the quality of play go up, especially in the MLS All-Star game. I think that might have been Lucas Neal you were talking about. Yeah, I yep, reading, that was him. You know, him talking favorably about the MLS after that game. Um, but as you mentioned, it was really the, uh, the best 11 from uh, West Ham there. Uh, playing that one, um, their bench was a. I don't. I don't know if that was necessarily their best bench available. I think there were a few guys that might have been out injured, but really a, a strong lineup from them. And I believe it was their third or fourth preseason match, so they should have some fitness going. Should have some fitness going to that, and they they did put on a good show. I mean, um, honestly, going into this, I was a little disappointed that they got West Ham. I thought maybe maybe Chelsea. Uh, after after Chelsea, I think they kind of uh, heightened the expectations there. You know, Definitely. with one of the best teams in the world, but uh, they put in a great show and. Uh, I, I couldn't complain about the All-Star game. It was everything that you'd, you'd kind of hope for in an All-Star game with you know, the back-and-forth action. A um, lot of confidence from some of these star players, not afraid to do some tricks. Um, i got to say, Dwayne Darosario certainly has a lot of confidence to take a penalty that way, especially Absolutely. When, the, when the game was tied. Uh, also interesting to see that uh, free kick late in the game in a good spot for Beckham, and Darosario steps up and takes it and almost, almost <laughs> gets a goal off of it, too. So uh, not lacking for self-confidence is Darosario, especially in front of the home fans up, up in Canada where... You know, as they mentioned on the broadcast, I believe that you know he's from a suburb of Toronto, so uh, they are very supportive of, of him there. Obviously, at the uh, which is BMO Field, which is the national stadium for the you know, Toronto national team. So, uh, a great game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Dave Rosario taking that PK because I think the MLS powers that be would have loved to have seen David Beckham take that kick. I think I I, I was keeping an unofficial tally of how many free kicks David Beckham was taking. I think he took all but one up until that point. I think uh, Blanco may have taken one at one point, but um, but yeah, I mean, as, as just going back to the just going back to the showcase, I mean, it was appropriate that Dave Rosario, you know, takes that takes that PK in front of like you know his home crowd in Canada. Um, you know, it's just it was it was a great moment to see that you know like. Uh, you know, a kid from Canada steps up and gets the game-winning goal. It's very fitting. Um, but at the same time, I, he deserves it. I mean, this is a guy that really gritted it out. He came on as a sub. You know, he played 94-plus minutes the night before. And, you know, I'll even, and I think even, you know, uh, you know even uh, J.P. Della Camera was stating something to the effect that, like, he's amazed that he came not only this early, I guess you could say, not, you know, technically he came out as a sub, but getting the minutes he got and to stay, and to stay you know, with all, as almost appearing like he was fresh legs, you know, um, which is tremendous. You know, a tremendous tribute to uh, to Dwayne Diazario, and you know, it, and I think it kind of caught you know West Ham back. You know, a little bit back to see a guy that who had just played so many so many minutes the night before come back and just attack. And it wasn't just that penalty kick; he was constantly attacking. Um, you know, like he, like the last time he had played it was a week ago. So you know, a, a tremendous tribute to him. And I think I think uh, BMO Field was a great place to have it. And it was just it, uh, overall a great show. And and um, and it was a great uh, it was a great little interlude with uh, with Rob Stone and the and the eagle that keeps all the uh, yeah. <laughs> I won't mention its name just because we're on the radio. But uh, but that eagle, you know, it, it was uh, a little bit of light-hearted comedy right there uh, with the eagle that keeps the seagulls away from BMO Field. But um, but overall a great great presentation. Yeah, some, some interesting moments with Rob. Stone there yes. with it. And throwing the streamer back at the fan and, and uh, so, so proud that he hit the guy in the head. Yes. But, uh, but uh, I guess you can always expect that out of Rob Stone. Exactly. It's never a dull moment when Rob Stone's in the house. That's for sure. It was also interesting that the Toronto fans right from the beginning were ch- chanting for Jim Brennan to come yes. on. Uh, that's, that's to wait a good uh, 58 minutes for that. But uh, as I said, a, a very exciting game. We should mention the Revs players and there. We obviously Absolutely. talked about Shawi Joseph putting in a good performance behind all these creative guys 
Um, we actually talked to him. We'll play that in a little bit um, and, uh, you know, asked a little bit about that. Uh, but Matt Reese in goal, gave up two goals. Definitely. Can't really fault him for either one. He was beat on the uh, the first one. The defense was uh, completely beat, and uh, it was a well-placed shot by Dean Ashton into the far corner. The second one off of Jimmy Conrad. I think Matt Reese would have had that for, uh, shot covered, but went the complete opposite direction, landed in the far corner of the net. Um, nothing he could do there, and he made a couple of big saves. Yeah, and it, it, it's great that you mentioned the guys, you know, from from the Revolution that did play a part. Um, you know, J, JP Delacamera was singing the praises of uh, Shavi Joseph throughout the game. I mean, just you're, like you had said, he was pretty much the lone defensive midfielder. And, you know, with um, with uh, 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 name escapes me right now, um, but with um, uh, you know, Bornstein in the back, and you have the three three uh, back system. But uh, you just had. Yeah, Shelby Joseph really played a really great game. You know, playing you know aside from Beckham, really laying those balls out to the you know to to the to the uh, other midfielders and forwards. I mean, just he, I think he had probably the best game of all the Revolution players. I know that uh, you know Steve Rolson came in later on. Um, you know, really didn't get that much playing time. Um, but Matt Reese, you know, stood out. You know, for the 70 minutes that he was in, and I think it's again it's a tremendous credit to not only Steve Nichol but to the players he has already in New England to be able to you know have them play and to have them play well, not just you know you know kind of like take up space they i think most of them played well and talking about steve rawson too i think there has got to be you know something we didn't know going on there mm-hmm. because rawson drove with his entire family um honestly i was a little surprised rawson wasn't selected by by nickel initially uh, he only was selected as a replacement player because if you look at the voting i don't think nickel could have been faulted for taking him rawson was sixth of the midfielder so he was only two places off from our, one or two places off from being selected uh initially so I, I was a little surprised nickel didn't choose to take him i mean maybe uh, he was just coming off the injury. I know he missed the game last Wednesday, but then he did play on Sunday. So, um, so I know, he t- as I mentioned, he came up there with his family. So I- I'm guessing that maybe you wanted some rest, but a, l- a little surprised that he didn't play more in this one. Yeah, I I have to believe that you know there was some sort of understanding between uh, Nickel and, R- and Ralston as far as that goes. Um, you know, obviously both both gentlemen being class class people in general. Um, you know, I have to believe. Uh, that you know that there was there's an understanding there that you know that uh, Raleigh would play a couple of minutes and then come right out you know whether it be because of injury or because of whatever other circumstance but I think um, hopefully it's a non-issue I would assume it is but at the same time you know I, it is kind of curious to see Ralston just come in for two minutes and then you know that and that's pretty much it uh, you know it's it's kind of puzzling but at the same time. Um, I'm sure that there was something that was discussed to where, you know, that they, they, they both came to an agreement as far as what that arrangement was. And, you know, it was a couple of minutes by Ralston. But I I would have to uh, assume that uh, Ralston and, you know, and, uh, and Nickel have an understanding of what went on. And of the players in that match, too, there were there were a couple that uh, a little surprised got taken. Um, should have talked about more about this last week, but he didn't get the chance. But uh, Juan Pablo on hell, for example, I believe he's got three goals all season. He's been missed a lot of games. I mean, maybe played ten games. Um, not sure he was deserving of an all-star appearance. I honestly didn't think he looked uh, 100% in this game either. Uh, he certainly wasn't at the top of his game. Um, Edson Buttle deserved to be there. Um, and he only played two minutes in that game. So that was that was interesting there that uh, Angel got the uh, a lot more playing time than, than Buttle in this one. Um, Mastroeni, again, missed a lot of this season. Hasn't even started every game for Colorado. So a little surprise there. But at the same time, I, I got to say, there have been no real standout defenders uh, in the league this year. Uh, Sumari, Bakari Sumari from Chicago Fire, I thought probably should have gone there, uh, but he didn't. But 
Uh, I think Juan Pablo Angel is probably the biggest question mark as to why he was in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's same thing. You know, Sean, he's been pretty much he's been injured on and off a lot this year, and it, you also have to wonder, like, you know, what what was he doing in that game? I mean, like you had said, it's surprising to see him, a guy who has three goals, you know, get you know get more playing time than Edson Buttle, who has eleven goals. I mean, it's just it's a very curious move. Um, you know, again, maybe it just has to deal with that cohesion that uh, that that Nickel was looking for. It's hard to argue against it, but at the same time, looking back, it's hard to see why certain guys didn't get you know X amount of playing time as opposed to the guys who were on the field. Um, you made a great point that you know a guy like Alan Hell just didn't look on top of his game, and I totally agree the same way when I was watching that you know he was almost like a non-presence. I almost forgot that he was playing at certain times because you know he just really wasn't doing much. I, in fact. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say that Dave Rosario did more with the time that he had than 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 Angel did all night. So um, it kind of makes you wonder, like you know, what kind of what kind of shape you know Angel was in, or, or what you know what what he was doing there as far as long as he was when you had a guy like Dave Rosario, which I understand he wasn't going to start anyways. Um, but again, very very curious as far as Angel goes, and as far as the defenders go, yeah, Bornstein uh, didn't look that great. Conrad, def- we've definitely seen Conrad look better. Um, you know, and Mascherini, you know, he was, you know, he's looked as as he has all year. He hasn't been that, he hasn't been that great, but he hasn't been terrible either. Um, you know, I think he just got in just because of the fact that, you know, he's a national guy, and, um, you know, it's it's one of those reputation kind of votes where he gets in because of reputation. So, um, you know, it's it will. I guess we'll see next year which uh, which defenders kind of step up and, uh, you know, make their move. And I think it's probably safe to say that there was, there was probably a little bit of pressure on Nickel to pick certain guys, like mm. uh, a couple of Canadians going there, like <laughs> yeah. Brennan, uh, De Rosario, and uh, Onstad. Uh, maybe a couple guys more deserving, deserving than them, but I, I think I can understand why you know you'd want them to be, why they would want them to be there. I can't imagine it was solely Nickel's choice. That there's probably you know the league probably put a little bit of pressure on him, you know, get, the, get these Canadian <laughs> guys out there. But um, well, we I think we do want to take another a quick break here so we can come back with. Uh, Lisa Eisenweiner from uh, American Soccer News. Uh, and then we also have, as I mentioned, some clips to get to a little bit later on the show and talk a little bit more about Wednesday's upcoming game with Atlanta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. The National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. 
Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in the studio by Brian O'Connell. Uh, now over the phone, we're joined by Lisa Eisenmeiner from uh, American Soccer News. Lisa, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Um, it's good to talk to you, Sean. So we had been discussing the All-Star game earlier. Uh, it seemed to us like it was you know, really pretty much the perfect perfect game for MLS and what you could hope for in an All-Star game with you know the back-and-forth excitement there and you know the Stars really putting on a show. What did you think of that game? Was that uh, everything you'd really hoped for from a MLS All-Star game? Um, I really enjoyed it. I think one of the parts that was most interesting was how um, the players with their very distinctive styles meshed together so well with, what was it, one practice they had? Yeah, for some of them, not even one practice. Right. Um, I thought it was um, almost remarkable. Um it was impressive. It was impressive. I think I think they really set West Ham back on their heels. But then again, the forwards um, for West Ham made a pretty impressive appearance as well. And they were in their preseason. Yeah, it was de- definitely good to see West Ham put on that kind of performance. Um, after, I think, uh, as we said, we were probably a little bit disappointed to see West Ham as the opponents. And some of, certainly some fans, uh, not, not, not the biggest exciting team to come see in, but they put in a great show. Uh, and really the, played an open game that allowed for both teams to attack uh, throughout the match. Were you surprised at all to see uh, how this team was able to play with, with so many creative players out there? It seems like they you know, stacked the midfield with uh, offensive-oriented guys, and, you know, Shari Joseph was really the lone guy back there doing the defending. Shari Joseph was very impressive. Um, Bornstein was also very impressive. Um, the way he would get forward but without, was seamlessly without leaving halls, I thought um, I was impressed by his performance as well. Um, and always, once again, by Joseph. It is a shame he's not on our national team. Yeah, it certainly is. I think he'd probably like to be on our national team, too, having talked to him in the past. Uh, probably regrets, I think it was when he was 17 that he was first capped. So, uh, obviously didn't expect to be ha- have that opportunity, but... Uh, that that certainly is a disappointment not to have him available for the U.S. Um, but a, a lot of guys showed really well in this game. I think Dwayne DeRosario, as you mentioned, coming off the bench, uh, showed really well. Were you surprised at all by some of the guys who got called up? I know we talked about Angel as a guy who hadn't hadn't done too much in the league and certainly didn't look too 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 great in this game. Um, I like the way Angel played, the way he stepped up. Um, you know, he has had an injury. He's coming off an injury. He is playing in, you know, um, with new players, and he hasn't been playing for a while, so he hasn't been playing with, with the Bulls for a while. So I, I, I was, you know, satisfied with his performance. Now, Blanco, in the beginning, I thought he, you know, he looked rather weak in the beginning when he stepped out. I was not that impressed. But then, you know, he was very confident, um, and then when he did... Um, Make his move. I mean, it was he just spoke for himself. I mean, but he missed a lot in the very beginning, but it didn't clearly upset him. He has his own very distinctive style. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the part of the problem there was that I mean, you have Beckham, who's really a, a right a right midfielder. But other than that, you don't really have a. They didn't really have anyone who is uh, definitely not really a left midfielder there. So they had a lot of central guys there, and it seemed a, a little bit in the first 25 minutes, like just trying to find find their feet and get get organized and figure out what exactly their roles were on the team. And I think that's probably why it didn't get going too well until the 25th minute. Um, but definitely an exciting game there, and it was good to see the the Revs guys out there. And I think Steve Nichol did a good job um, coaching this team to victory uh, after having really only, I believe, I believe he had two practices, only one of them with the majority of the players, and then the Houston players 
not showing up until the last game because they had a game the night before, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, but uh, going, trying to change the subject to the Revs here, uh, the Revs, of course, having a big game coming up against Atlante. Um, they've really been, uh, we talk about the MLS All-Star game being a showcase for the league and you know, gaining the league respect, but the Super League, the Revs have done so well. It seems like the Revs have been you know, certainly getting some respect for MLS. Uh, having beaten two, uh, two uh, Mexican teams and have another chance on Wednesday. Uh, have you been impressed by the rest performance so far in this tournament? Yes, particularly by the midfield and defense. And I think the question for this game coming up is, um, you know, who? no one can really replace Michael Parkhurst, but how will they cope without him? Who will, who will play? How will the defense work together? Um, I think that's a big question. What are you looking at for that? Yeah, definitely that is the, the, the big key to this one with Parkhurst out uh, going to the Olympics. I know I went to the practice this morning. I talked to Jeff Lerunowitz. He was talking about um, he seemed like it was a pretty good chance that he would be playing in the defense. I can't imagine the Revs go with a 3-5-2 without Parkhurst, uh, but certainly in a four-man back line, I think the Lerunowitz can get the job done. Um, not the same style of player as Parkhurst. Um, I'm, not sure. I'm, I'm not sure how Lerunowitz paired with Heaps is going to look, uh, if, that, if that is what we see. Um, but it should be interesting and really be a test of the Revs' depth. We've seen the Revs' depth tested just about everywhere else in the field, but that's one spot that it hasn't been this year. Um, obviously, they drafted Rob Valentino um, as a guy that could play in that spot, but um, I know you've been to both Open Cup games where we've seen him play. He hasn't looked that impressive, has he? Um, no. <laughs> um, but then again, he's, he's coming off an injury. Um, let's see. I saw him at... I went to the Saturday practice, and... Um, you know, he, he looks all right. He looks, he looks strong. Um, but I think you need consistency, and that's something that grows over time. Um, progress is not linear. It's all about development for these new players. So I think he's probably one of the players that we, you'll, you will see grow. I mean, mostly you see him on the sidelines in rehab, right? So um, I don't know. I don't have really any expectations because I really haven't that much. The Open Cup games, what I saw of them, what I, I saw best about them was um, Tierney, Hildenbrink, and Twelman, the way they worked together. That was probably the most impressive performance I saw. Yeah, Chris Tierney, I think I think we'll probably see more of him in this tournament, too, uh, with the guys out, maybe more of him out left back. Um, and he looked good kind of playing that position, too, in the Open Cup. Um, he's played left midfield and looked good there. Um, I think as far as Valentino, we saw him playing at right back and at left back, and you know, not sure what his position is. I thought he was a center back coming in. Um, I don't think clear, clearly not somebody like Parker who's just going to step right into the lineup. Um, but maybe with a little luck, uh, we could see him be a guy like the Reynolds who spends his first year in the reserves and and steps up the next year. Um, right now, though, maybe not the best uh, first round pick the Revs could have made um, based on some of the other guys we've seen this season. Yeah, I guess it's um, it's hard to choose. I mean, you don't really know. Um, I did. Igwe spent a year with the team not not playing too. I just spoke with him, and um, now he's getting lots of starts, and he's on the defensive line. So I, we, I guess we can expect to see him again there this um, in this upcoming game. Um, injuries are you know hard to determine you know, the effect they have on the player. Lisa. Brian O'Connell from American Soccer News. I just wanted to uh, get your take as far as you know the upcoming game. Um, what do you think would be the key? I know you mentioned the midfield and defending has been very, very well. Um, you know, has really kind of paved the way for the uh, Revolution success in Superliga. But 
you know, aside from that, uh, you know, what do you think will be the key? Uh, I know that these two teams played in the preseason, and it was a pretty physical match. I believe the uh, the game ended with uh, ten on nine. <laughs> so, do you see like a reprise of that, or do you see a, a much more, I guess you could say, disciplined game from both teams? I don't know. I don't remember. Nickel, Nickel talked about it in a missile conference, I think, and it didn't really end 10v9, even though three players were ejected because I guess the coaches agreed to um, play 11v10 just, just to keep it respectable because um, it was just preseason. But what were they, like 12 cautions? Yeah, it was definitely into the double figures there. <laughs> and Laurentowitz earned two of those cautions and was thrown off, yeah. and so did Albright. Um, and then the, youth, the rest of the usual suspects, you know, but um, I think, but then again, that was a preseason game, so I don't know if any of that's going to carry over. I don't, I don't really know. Um, this game will have a dis- different tenor. There's a lot more at stake. Um, I think the, the Mexican teams have a, a lot of um, money to, to earn from this. That's an incentive. Yeah, definitely. And I know we were, we talked about this uh, a few shows ago here about all the tournaments the Revs are in. I um, mean, the Concacaf Champions League, the Superliga, the Open Cup, uh, obviously the MLS, and then the playoffs coming up. Um, personally, I wasn't that excited about the Superliga going into this year. I thought that you know the Concacaf Champions League would be the you know the big thing, and I still still think it is. But the Superliga has really impressed me. I got I got to be honest that um, it's been a lot more exciting than I thought it would be, and the the Revs have done really well. Um, have you been impressed by the Superliga tournament? And you know, even with the Champions League, you think it's still um, got that relevance? Yes, I have been more impressed. I've enjoyed the games more. Um, the teams have showed themselves as being more sophisticated. It's not they're not the usual MLS games. There's a certain more seriousness to them. I think um, I enjoyed watching the Mexican style of play as well. It is quite different than. MLS and MLS has to um, accommodate to it, you know, and we've seen that. And I think the style of the game has has picked up a little bit when the individual teams have to um, work together, perhaps in advance before the game, to accommodate to a style of play rather than just individual players in MLS. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, uh, as far as the uh, the Super League games against the uh, you know uh, MLS teams against Mexican teams, do you think, you know, given the uh, different kinds of comp- the different kind of like looks that Mexican teams give MLS teams, do you think that as a whole, um, this kind of to- these kind of tournaments kind of you know raise the uh, raise the level of of competition in MLS just just f- by the mere factor of playing uh, you know these these Mexican teams. You know, from the uh, from obviously from the Mexican leagues, do you think that raises not only just MLS's profile, but just raises the standard of play? I guess you could say um, as a result of these Super League games. Well, I think it might raise the standard of, of play in in this country, and I guess you'd really have to speak to you know um, the team managers and the players, you know, perhaps a little distance after the games to um, to hear what they think of it. You know, how if it's changed their view of. Um, what the game is like in this country. Um, I have been impressed, and I've enjoyed these games a lot. It's, it's, they're different from the MLS games, and I guess um, I've been disappointed that the turnout hasn't been greater. Yeah, yeah definitely. They've been really exciting games, but um, getting only around 10,000 and then 8,000 for for one of the games. Um, hopefully for the semifinal they might get a bit more, but um, I, I don't know, maybe not. You know, It's a Wednesday night, not the best night there, so 
I'm not sure how many Atlante fans there are in the area. I think we saw there were definitely a few more Pachuca fans than San Jose Laguna fans, um, and that maybe affected attendance a bit. Um, obviously, not no, no idea how many Atlante fans are going to be, um, but we do want to get to some clips here. So um, before we let you go, could you uh, tell us about? I know you have the on American Soccer News. You have the um, the section where you do the player. Uh, interviews and the, with the coaches as well. Do you have any idea who you have coming up? And could you talk a bit about you know what you found out? I know you mentioned that you talked to Igwe most recently. Uh, anything interesting that you found out from him? Yeah, I did talk to him, and I talked I talked to him a lot about um, the about Generation Adidas because that's a program that I, I think you and I have talked about. You know, I really don't completely understand it. Um, it's sponsored by Adidas. Um, but it's a, a joint venture of also of MLS and the U.S. Soccer Federation. So um, it's interesting. You know, they, they take young players, I guess, in their first year of college or so, and um, they're compensated and as a kind of security that they that they could play in MLS, but with a security they can go back and get a degree. But you have to look at that from two ways. Are they being paid? to go back to college or they're being paid to leave college <laughs> and um, I guess that question wasn't answered for me um, but you know it's, it's interesting to think about yeah. um, so I did speak with him and um, he's an interesting guy he's happy to be playing here he used to be a forward he likes to get forward he likes and he's a good shot too but he's a defender now you know so, um, so that's how we're looking at him I guess yeah, and I think we definitely saw him getting forward a bit in the Super League and having a nice shot there. Well, we are going to take a quick break here. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us today, Lisa. Again, you can check out uh, her work at American Soccer News, uh, the website there, on her coverage of the revolution. Uh, we are going to take, as I said, a quick break, and then we'll be back, and we're going to have some comments uh, from, I mentioned, Paul Mariner, uh, Shawry Joseph, Jeff Leronowitz, and Michael Parker. So uh, thanks again for joining us today, Lisa. Thanks. Good Thank talking you, Lisa. Sean, Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. 
covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in the studio by Brian O'Connell. I uh, did want to get to those audio clips pretty quickly so we'd have some time at the end here to you know, talk a little bit more about this Atlanta game. Um, first up, we did talk to Paul Mariner this morning um, and his thoughts on the upcoming game in Atlanta, what he remembers from their preseason matchup, and uh, how he thinks they're going to fill in with Parker. Didn't reveal too much there, but uh, we did have his comments. So you guys have performed very well against two uh, Mexican opponents that you're really unfamiliar with, but uh, Atlanta is a team you've actually played in preseason. Did you learn anything about them from that match? Um, well, we know that they're very technical, uh, very good team, very well-balanced team. Um, you know, really, it's, uh, I think you, you sort of said it. I mean, they're in the preseason a little bit. They're... Uh, you know, they've got some games under the belt also, so we, but we're, uh, it's mainly all about us, to be perfectly honest. I mean, we uh, we need to get our game going. We're at home in front of our fans, so we're really looking forward to it. And the further you go into this tournament, though, you know, the more the Mexican teams pick up uh, some fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, does it get harder in that sense, going into the later stages? Yeah, obviously it does. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, our players are battle hardened this season I think they, uh, they they seem to find a way to win they're uh, very very uh, motivated group so um, as I say again it's, it, it's everything's to do with the revs you know it's what, what we do on the night so that's what we're focusing on You've obviously been in some you know, high-pressure cup competitions yourself. What is the most important thing for some of these guys that maybe haven't been in uh, such a, such a high-pressure situation, remember? Uh, well, they've just got to do exactly what they're doing in, in MLS games. Um, just look after each other with the ball, make sure they would get behind the ball when they lose it. Just all the, all the usual stuff. There's, there's, there's no, not, nothing unusual about the game-to-game. Uh, -game. It's just, as you say, a little bit of pressure. But once, once the boys get out there and once they start to play, you know, they, they just play. It seemed like uh, the preseason game against this team got a little physical. No, it was nothing. It was, um, you know, <clears throat> to be honest, the field wasn't the greatest field in the world, and uh, I think players were getting a little bit frustrated on both sides. You know, the, both teams were a little frustrated with themselves. So, um, no, there's nothing. There's no animosity at all. Those, those games are forgotten. It was a great workout for us. Um, you know, I'm sure they... Uh, I got the same impression. It wasn't on the home field, so it was uh, it was a good exercise for us as part of our preparation for MLS season. And uh, what, what's the current status of uh, Twelman and uh, Gary Flood and some of the guys? That well, just there? they're just uh, they're day to day at the present moment, but uh, each day they're doing a little bit more, and uh, we expect them to be. You know, if they're not back for Wednesday, we, they should be back uh, fairly soon. Just working on the fitness, you know, because it's they've been such a long time out, um, and game fitness is everybody knows is uh, totally different to just regular training so uh, we try and look after them um, you know the same with Pat um, you know we hope they're available pretty soon and any idea how you're going to make up for Parker's absence well we've got a couple of things that we can work on we'll be working on it tomorrow um, and Tuesday uh, just have to wait and see it's not uh, it's not not an easy uh, process trying to trying to replace Michael but uh We've got some players in, in this squad that are um, multi-talented and they can play in various positions. So we're looking in that regard. So, uh, you know, we've got another, another few uh, days to work on it and we'll hopefully come up with a plan. 
Again, that was a Revolution assistant coach, Paul Mariner, who was leading training today. Uh, well, Nick Lou had a couple of days rest after coming back from the All-Star game. Um, as, you, as you heard me say, uh, ask him about Taylor Twalman, uh, Gary Flood, I should, Adam Christman is actually back in training. So all three of them were back in training. Uh, Twalman, I don't think, was participating fully in training. Um, Gary Flood seemed to be. I didn't really notice him sitting out through any drills, so that's a good sign for the Revs, uh, especially with Phelan out because of the concussion that he received. Um, and I believe on Wednesday, last Wednesday, in the game against Pachuca. Um, so obviously good signs there. Crispin was playing in pretty much most of the drills. So I, I think him and Twalman are both c- pretty close to coming back. I think Gary Flood's probably pretty close to coming back. Um, and maybe they'll be available Wednesday. That would be a great boost for the Revs. Um, the other guy who got to talk, another guy we got to talk to this morning was Shari Joseph, who, as we mentioned earlier, played in the All-Star game. Got to ask him about that. Uh, also against playing against these, these top competitions and, you know, really what, what advice you can give to some of the younger members of the team in going into this big semifinal. So uh, how was the All-Star game? Well, it was good. I mean, we win at the end of the day. We win. That's what we went down there for. And the weekend was great. Had a good time. Met a few people and enjoyed the festivities. Fun to play in the midfield with all those guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we got so much guys on that team that's great attackers and they love the ball, so my job was just easy, just sit in the middle, win balls, and distribute, and try to get everybody involved. Now uh, you got a big game coming up on Wednesday. Uh, what, do you remember anything about this team from playing preseason? Nah, I don't remember anything. I just saw what they, when they play Houston and a couple other games, but I know they're a good team. They keep the ball well. They, they're a good, possessive team. So we're going to have our work cut out first. We're going to have to step up our game and come true on Wednesday. Because you are going to be at all different without Parker's out there. Oh, yeah, Michael's the best defender in the league, hands down, and not having him is definitely going to be a loss to us. But I said it gives guys an opportunity to step in and play a good minutes, play a game. And we know we're going to miss Michael, but we got to put that behind us and try to look forward to Wednesday and try to beat him without him. Almost good to have a you know, game in there after going so long without really you know, playing with the team a week and a half. What it could have been you know, two and a half weeks without a game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great to play other competitions. It keeps you with, it keeps you fit, it keeps you involved. And being a semifinal Super League, it shows how hard this team has been working. And we just got two more games, one more wins, and try to get to the final. And the further you get into the competition, the less of an excuse for these Mexican teams about you know, fitness. Does that make it harder on you guys at all that you know, these teams are obviously getting you know, closer to the regular season and you know, more fit? No, we're not worried about that. We know it's preseason for them. We've been sure it too earlier on. We, we play in different competitions in our preseason. If they want to make excuses, that's up to them. But right now, we're just going to concentrate on our job and just try to get ready for the game on Wednesday. And you know, another chance to gain more respect for MLS? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it is from the all-star competition to any game we play outside competition. It's definitely a step in the right direction to gain MLS, put MLS more on the map. And to do that, we have to win the Super League. And we got an opportunity on Wednesday, and that's what we got to go forward and do. It's exciting to be playing in these competitions like the Super League and Champions League and you know, get, your, get the chance to you know, test uh, this team's strength against some of the other teams in the area? Oh, yeah, definitely, especially a competition like the Super League. And then you got the, the Champions Cup. It's definitely a test for the MLS players against these other countries. And Mexican teams are very good. They're very good players out there. So it's going to be another opportunity, as I said, to put New England on the map and MLS in general on the map. What's important for some of the younger guys that might have to you know, step up in this game? I haven't been in some of the you know, pressure situations that you have in the past that, for them to remember. Uh, we're gonna we gonna talk to them. I mean, we do have a lot of young guys who have been great for us all season, and we're gonna need them on Wednesday too. But I said this team is loose, relaxed when it comes to just looking forward to the game. So in the locker room, we're just gonna talk to them, and anybody got anything to say, we're just gonna pass it on to the younger guys and just let them enjoy the moment because now a lot of players get to be in the Super League final in their first year and their first couple of years. So. 
Is it great to have this game at home? Oh, definitely. Uh, home fans have been great for us all season, and we look forward to them coming out Wednesday. And we love being at home. You when you're home, you get home cooking, you relax, and you don't have to worry about the travel and all the hassle. So being at home is always great. Again, that was the Revolution midfielder Shari Joseph um, on the upcoming game of Atlanta, as well as his experience in the All-Star game. Um, and of course, we also talked to his defensive midfielder partner there, Jeff Reynolds, and maybe he won't be uh, against Atlanta. Maybe he might get moved back uh, to make up for Parker's absence. We asked him about that, uh, and we have uh, that clips we can play now. Atlanta, a team that obviously got to play in the uh, preseason, uh, seemed like a physical match there based on the boxer. What, what do you remember from that game, and uh, did you learn anything about this team from you know, playing them then? I mean, they're like the other Mexican teams we played, you know, skilled. Um, you know, a different style than we have, but obviously it's different when we're going to play at home and we're going to play in the middle of our season. And, uh, you know, we can't get homeward by the reps and, and the field and everything like that. Any, any animosity from that match that might carry over? Or... Probably a little bit. I mean, maybe you'll see, like, guys that you recognize from last time, but, I mean, it's not about us playing in preseason. It's about, you know, winning this next game. Yeah, and there's a good chance you could end up playing this team four times this year. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, I mean... The bottom line is they're a good team, and, and they're like the other Mexican teams we've played. They're, they're highly skilled, and, you know, it's just going to be a tough game. So what's been the key to your, your success so far in the, uh, you know, getting two wins against Mexican opposition so far in this competition? I mean, we've just been focused. Uh, you know, we haven't let up goals, and we've and we've basically just bared down and, and gotten the results we need, you know. I mean, we've, we've played like we're in a tournament, you know, where you just need to get the result and, and move on. And how does your role change at all, if, if at all, uh, with Parker out of the lineup? Well, I guess it changes if I change positions. I mean, if they play me in the back, then, you know, that'd be cool because I've played there before. So, I mean, I'm prepared either way. So that's certainly a possibility going into this game? I think so. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I'm not 100%. I don't know if they're 100% just yet. So, I mean, I'll be ready if it happens. How exciting is it to be in all these, you know, competitions, uh, the Champions League, the Super League, you know, chances to play teams that you really haven't played before and, uh, you know, gain some respect to the league and test the, the strength of this team against some of the best teams in uh, North America and Central America? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, that's that's basically the goal is is, is to to give the league the, the league the credibility that it deserves and, and, you know, show that we can definitely compete with these teams because obviously we've shown so far and, you know, going into the Champions Cup, we'll, we'll be prepared to do the same thing there. Do you think uh, having the longest tenure coaching staff here now and, and MLS is you know, part of the reason for your success to how long you've kept some of the core guys in this team together and, you know, the same coaching staff? I mean, it's like one of the top reasons why. You know, I mean, we, we keep the keep the, the core, the, the players around, the same coaches, coaches that know how to deal with, you know, guys day in, day out. I mean, it's it's incredibly important. Again, that was uh, Jeff Deronowitz, who's had another very good year um, as a starter in the Revolution's midfield, really established himself as one of the better players in this league and really shown well for the Revs. I do want to get to the Michael Parkhurst clip so he has some time at the end, but uh, what are your thoughts on Parkhurst going to the Olympics? Obviously a great honor for him, but uh, going to hurt the Revs in this, this competition. Um, he'd miss the final as well. He's also going to miss the U.S. Open Cup semifinal in a couple of league games. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the old uh, you know country versus club uh, dilemma, and I know that uh, clubs are uh, obligated to release players to uh, to to these international competitions. Um, but a great honor for Parkhurst, and I think it's even a great testament to the you know to the Revs. I mean, they they were the team that drafted this guy, and for him to go up and you know show his worth, you know, on the national stage. I mean, the international stage, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I think it's it's a great compliment to how well the Revs draft and how well Nicola is able to uh, to view uh, you know to see talent and and, uh, and scoop it right up when he sees it. And we did talk to Parkers on Thursday night. Uh, we actually left on Friday for Hong Kong, I believe, to participate in a pre-Olympic tournament there. 
Um, again, this is a little bit of a preview for an article that will be in the August edition of the Sports Review. If you live in Rhode Island, you probably might have seen that, so you can check that out or check out the sportsreviewlive.com website. Um, but again, here's Parkhurst and his thoughts on going to the Olympics. Yeah, I got a call from Peter Noah you know, in the afternoon telling me that I had made the team and you know, that the revolution had allowed allowed me to go and that uh, I'd be joining the team. And how exciting was it to find that out? Extremely exciting. You know, obviously, it's a, it's a great honor and you know, to represent the country and every athlete dreams of, of being in the Olympics one day. And you know, for soccer, I think it's just under the World Cup. World Cup's probably the pinnacle and the Olympics is just under. So, you know, I'm thrilled to be a part of it and, you know, looking forward to it. Especially with guys like Ronaldinho playing this year, that's got to, you know, add to the prestige of this tournament. Absolutely. I mean, you can see that teams are, are going out to win this tournament and, and showing that it's a, an important tournament because there's a lot of a lot of really good players and a lot of high-profile overage players, you know, attending the tournament. And for you being an overage player, is there added pressure that comes with that that, you know, it seems like you'd probably be expected to start coming in, you know, that roster de- designation? Yeah, I don't think there's any added pressure. I think there's added expectation of leadership. You know, even though I don't have the most international experience, I have a little bit you know, I'm more experienced in trying to bring that leadership to the back line and whoever's playing back there. Do you think this is a good kind of like a jumping board to, you know, get noticed and get more appearances with the you know, national team leading up to the World Cup? I hope so. You know, it's definitely a, a big, big stage internationally and you know, playing against top-level competition. You know, I'm hoping I can hope that bodes well for me um, my future with the, the full national team. And what are the team's expectations going into this? It seems like you got drawn into a you know, pretty difficult group with Japan, Holland, and uh, uh, Nigeria. It's definitely um, you know, a very tough group, you know, but our expectations are high. Um, you know, we want to go in there and we want a medal. You know, obviously the first step is um, getting through the group, and we know that's a huge challenge. You know, but we feel like you know we have a team capable of, of rising up to that challenge and going through. We're gonna have to top of our game you know, from the from the get-go and uh you know that first game is going to be real crucial was this something you ever you know dreamed about playing and growing up it seems like you know a year or two one way and you would have been you know shooting for this roster as a you know as a not as the overage player but as a you know, just a regular roster player and then a you know maybe a year or two the other way and you would have been uh, playing in the World Cup qualifying probably for the 2004 Olympics. Yeah, I know it's, uh, it was unfortunate how it worked out, um, you know, a couple years ago. But um, yeah, I'm just fortunate to have the opportunity now. Um, you know, like I said, I think you know every young athlete grows up watching the Olympics and, and hoping to play in it one day. I'm just lucky I got the opportunity, even though you know my time had passed. And will this be your first trip to China? Yeah, first trip to Asia, sure is. And uh, do you think Novak's last game as an MLS coach being the uh, Eastern Conference final that you guys shut out DC United's league best offense uh, in that game to go on to the MLS Cup might have had a, an effect on his mind there when he was picking out the roster? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt that specific game. You know, hopefully I made a good impression on him, you know, while he was a coach and, you know, while I was playing against him. You know, but um, I'm sure... Most of it is uh, based on play, um, you know, more previously than that. You know, I, I would at least think that would be the reasoning. You know, who knows? Any excitement out of uh, Rhode Island about you going? The family is definitely excited, you know, that's for sure. Um, I got some family traveling over there. 
other than that, I think just because it was announced so late and, um, you know, how it wasn't around, you know, I think I, I left the area the day after it was announced and I didn't really have an opportunity to talk to any, too many people. But, um, you know, I know that family and friends are excited for sure. And at the same time, any disappointment at all, you're going to be missing out on you know, the Superliga semifinal and possibly the final and the Open Cup as well? Absolutely. It's always a give and take, and with one good thing comes a bad thing. But, um, you know, I'm sure the team will do well without me. You know, I would have loved to help the team win a trophy in Superliga. But, um, you know, some, sometimes other things come up. And, uh, you know, for me right now, personally, this is, a, you know, a great opportunity. So I had to take advantage of it. You know, I'm, um, I'll be following it and uh, rooting for the team and, and hoping that, uh, you know, they can bring that trophy home because that'd be nice. And hoping to impress any uh, scouts possibly from Europe with uh, this competition and your contract being up. You know, every, every time you go out there, you know, it's an opportunity to impress people. You know, obviously, being an international competition, there's going to be a lot more people watching. I definitely want to play well, but, um, you know, it's more to help the team win and uh, help the country get a medal than it is, uh, you know, for my own personal satisfaction. Thanks a lot. All right, Sean, no problem. And good luck in the uh, Olympics. Thank you very much. Again, that was Revolution Defender Michael Parkhurst. Um, who, as you mentioned, will be going off to the Olympics, so a great honor for him there. Um, did want to get back to the revolution here. Um, again, they've been away from league action for a while. Uh, still, five, they, a couple teams had games in hand. Columbus caught up. Uh, Revs still five points ahead at the top of the league, so how crucial is that with 17 games gone for the Revs to have this advantage? Oh, it's it's absolutely absolutely crucial, especially where they are. You know, obviously top of the standings, and you know it's a it's almost like an opportunity. It's almost a blessing and a curse when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to these extracurricular tournaments. Because granted, they were given that they were just given that one uh, game against LA Galaxy, which seems like it took forever ago, um, and they only have that game in between then and the um, and the game they have against the Fire on the ninth. I mean, it's just uh, you know what can you say? I mean, it allows the league to catch up, but at the same time, um, you know, allows them to focus on these uh, on these tournaments like like Superliga and uh, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, and the Revs had so many games early, and they did so well, and then that exactly. left them in a position to you know focus solely on this tournament. Some of these MLS teams had games in the middle of Superliga, so uh, that was an advantage that I think the Revs kind of had in this tournament. So that there. Of course, there's a couple of games going on tonight that are worth mentioning. Um, New York Red Bulls tied San Jose 1-1, so that'll be a result that'll make the Revs happy with San Jose struggling and the Red Bulls in the Revs conference. <laughs> and uh, at halftime, Dallas beating uh, the Galaxy 3-0 with Kenny Cooper uh, getting his 10th and 11th goals of the season and Dominic Godoro also scoring. So Los Angeles continuing their downward spiral that uh, was partly part that the Revs, of course, exposed their defense as well, as you mentioned. Yeah, and uh, good to see Kenny Cooper still, still in the league after that MLS also game after that, a rumor that he was going abroad, but uh, uh, who knows, maybe that's his last game. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the news out of Dallas is that they uh, nothing was done yet, so we'll see about that. One other thing I wanted to mention about the All-Star game uh, that I didn't get to was that Rude Hulett from the Galaxy's head coach, uh, not happy that David Beckham played the full 90 minutes, so mm. that's an interesting thing there. Uh, considering Nickel played him in the full 90. And also interesting considering how little Steve Rawlson played, where he could have filled right into that spot. So uh, maybe we're missing something there, but interesting. And uh, we will be back next week right here, uh, Sunday, 7 to 8 on WNRI AM 1380. Of course, you can check out revolutionrecap.com for the archives and the Revolution Recap blog there. Uh, and the Revolution game taking place at 8 p.m. on Wednesday on Telefutura uh, and also at Gillette Stadium. So make sure if you can be there to be there. Thanks again, Brian, for joining us today. Thank you, Sean.
WNRI AM 138 in Socket, Rhode Island.